Another episode of Pick and Pod. Been a while since I've heard that music, but glad to be back. Jackson Heil, Evan Janikin, Peter Hudek here with you. Our trade deadline episode. Guys, a pleasure to be with you all. And uh, kind of a busy time of the year, and that's putting it lightly, but probably the biggest news of this deadline season wasn't even a trade, in my opinion, especially if you live in the New York area like we do. Scott Mills... Wait, Steve Mills, jeez. Jeez Louise, we're off to a tough start. <laughs> Steve Mills out in New York. Um, he had been there for 20 years, running the Knicks franchise to turmoil, and he's finally out. James Dolan said he's had enough and quickly was replaced within 48 hours by Leon Rose, who was an agent for CAA. Um, so the Knicks opt to go that route. Worldwide West is now in basketball ops in the Knicks. If you don't know about him, I suggest looking him up because there's a ton to look into what he's done for recruiting in college basketball. I mean, if you don't know the Dewan Wagner story at Memphis, the Derek Rose story with John Calipari, he was one of the main guys that kind of transcribed that. But before we get into all that, I just want to hear you guys' overall takes about this Mills news, him being out. We'll start with Evan. Mills out. Leon Rose in, what are your thoughts? I mean, Mills out exceptionally quickly. They moved on to Leon Rose. You'd have to think that it's been something that's been coming for weeks. I mean, there's no way that you can turn over, you know, get rid of Steve Mills, interview within 24 hours, and then hire the guy. This has to be something where he's been vetted for the past few weeks. I mean, otherwise, it's completely ridiculous. But in my opinion, it's one of those things, again, and you always say this, it's a wait-and-see type thing because everybody's saying, oh, the— Palinka route, the you know the Golden State Warriors route. You get an agent turn GM. Now, granted, he's a very well respected guy, and apparently he has great basketball knowledge. But there's a huge learning curve to have basketball knowledge and turn that into an exceptional organization. So, I think for him, the biggest thing right now is get people surrounding you, scouts, analysts, whatever that you can surround yourself and say, okay, I have a lot of knowledge surrounding me. And the, the the entire organization just needs a complete overhaul in that respect. So I think he just needs knowledge surrounding him, and I think you just got to hope that his learning curve is quick. Pete, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, vetting and, you know, it's coming for weeks sounds like something a logical team would do. The Knicks don't do logical things. James Dolan doesn't do the smart move. So <laughs> this could have, you know, all happened in the past 48 hours. We don't really know. But, you know, a lot of people – Leon Rose, World Wide West, they're not names you typically see if you're just like a House of Highlights fans, but all the big NBA insiders are saying that this is a smart move. So if you're a Knicks fan, you're hoping that that's true. You're hoping that they're following the Lakers model, the Warriors model with Bob Myers, with Rob Palenka, that they can you know get something similar to what is happening with those two teams. But I just don't know if the Knicks have made the smart decision again. I've been burned too many times on that bridge. I'm too scarred. Like, we've been sold on Perry being a really smart move when he came over from Sacramento. We've now been sold that Leon Rose was a smart decision. Here's the thing to me, like, obviously the agent route is, like, such an interesting kind of move because you look at what the two franchises that have done this. I mean, Bob Myers, obviously, with Golden State and Rob Palenka in L.A. Like, there wasn't a whole lot that needed to be done there to, like, Mm -hmm. really, like, propel these teams forward. Like, no, the Lakers... The Lakers got LeBron because LeBron wanted to move out to L.A. Yeah. And then traded traded every asset they had for Anthony Davis, which I'm not saying is a bad move. but like, I mean, and Evan brought this up earlier when we were talking about it, kept Kuzma instead of Ingram, which yeah. doesn't look very smart. No, n- not no. at all. And 
And Bob Myers had Jerry West looking over his shoulder yeah. the whole time, telling him not to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. And now that Bob Myers has the key to the car, he just traded D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins, which we'll get to later. But After signing D'Angelo Russell this offseason, which didn't make a whole lot of sense in the first place. And, and you have him for five years. You could wait. <laughs> yeah, and, and here, here's what I, I don't like. Like, you put Perry in the interim role for what what was it, 24 hours, essentially? Yeah. I would have let him do just at least take care of the deadline. because And well, it's hard to say because we don't know exactly what was going on in these rooms. Like, th- there there was a whole, like, discussion as to, like, why Mills got fired right now. And a lot of it had to do, I guess, with him wanting to keep Marcus Morris, which mm-hmm. obviously didn't happen. He ends up going to the Clippers. But, like, let, let Perry, like, give him, like, at least, like, more than 24 hours to see what this guy can do. Like, you've had him for two years now, and you really haven't, been able to see much as to what he could do because Steve Mills has been running the show. So I I don't really get bringing Leon Rosen right away. Personally, yeah. I would have went give heaven and earth for Masai Ujiri because that that dude clearly gets it. Yeah. And what does he have left to do in Toronto? I feel like he'd be interested in coming. But listen, I I don't hate this Leon Rose hire sp- specifically right now. But like you said, I I think it's going to be a wait and see process. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a wait and see process. I mean, you talk about like Masai Ujiri. That's just. I don't know, like, league sources want to tell you, oh, okay, he wanted to come to the Knicks. Adam Silver was pushing it to the Knicks. You can't really trust any of those things, especially with especially with the Knicks when people, you know, always want to speculate and put out reports saying the Knicks are getting this savior, Knicks are getting that savior. So I think, like, obviously I would have thrown everything at the Raptors to get Ujiri, but also to your point with Scott Perry, I think that um, having him handle at least the deadline and then having him going forward, that's one of the basketball minds that I'm talking about with Leon Rose. I mean, I think obviously Steve Mills kind of had the reins, but if you're Rose coming into this organization, at least you have somebody who's been here for a couple years and knows the roster in and out by now. And I think that that's a solid thing. And I don't, you know, you don't know who the power is going to shift to in the next couple weeks, months, years. But right now, I think it's Scott Perry's call on most of the things. No, I mean I, you would think so, but at the, the draft same time, going forward, you would think so. But at the same time, it's the Knicks. Like, yeah, I, you you have no clue. Like, J- James Dolan just seems like the exact type of guy who would bring an agent in with not much experience in working in basketball operations. And no disrespect to Leon Rose, because I'm certain if there was a reason they hired him, was because they think he can do it. But like. Tell me you couldn't see James Dolan giving Rose like the keys to the kingdom the minute he walked in. And oh, totally. Telling For him, sure. hey, here's Marcus Morris. You have 24 hours to figure out what the heck you want to do with him. So, it, it, like you said, it, it's tough to, to judge this right now, but... For me, I would have at least given Perry the deadline and kind of revisited things in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that like Leon Rose and World Wide West wouldn't have been available in June. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm sure they would have still taken the job then. And... You know, to move on from that, the Maasai thing Evan brought up, there was this article that Mark Stein wrote about Adam Silver pushing for the Knicks to get Mark Stein. And I think the ultimate uh, James Dolan is an idiot line came when 
uh, the only reason James Dolan was hesitant about getting Ujiri is because Ujiri has embarrassed and fleeced the Knicks on so many occasions, which for punishing, for not wanting to get a guy because he's so good at his job, like not wanting to sign Greg Popovich because he's beaten the Knicks so many times, or not wanting to sign James Harden because he's put up so many points in the garden and embarrassed the Knicks on so many occasions. It's just so moronic and idiotic and egotistical and it defines the james dolan era in new york it does sound so dolan like exceptionally dolan but like, like again, how, how can you be disrespected by what messiah Ujiri did to you like like that's his job how can you be so <laughs> blinded that you might not pick up the greatest executive in basketball right now yeah, it's it's james dolan in a nutshell but um i guess we'll never know with him because he seems to be a chronic liar every time he steps to the podium and talks about this stuff. And yeah, and he follows his own rules. Like even if Adam Silver was pushing for something like that, like you were saying, P, like he's gonna follow his own re- rule book there and just go yeah. with his own decision. He's just it's a, it's unreal. I have no words. Let, let's move on to the news actually of the day with the Knicks, and that's trading Marcus Morris to the Clippers, first and second round pick, going back to New York along with Mo Harkless and an option for a pick swap. With the Houston Rockets second round pick, they got, or is it the they Clippers? got the Detroit they got the Pistons, Detroit pick, so which is going to be a good pick. That that'll be a good pick, so they'll definitely have the option there. Like this move for the Knicks, I mean, there were rumors that they would have been after Kyle Kuzma, which I wasn't particularly on board with, especially given the roster construction of the New York Knicks right now and how far away they are from competing. But to get a first and then obviously two seconds, one of which is going to be the Detroit second in all likelihood, like you mentioned. I like the move, and Mo Harkless obviously isn't going to bring too much to the table, but he's another piece you can put on the roster. And this is for a guy with an expiring contract, Pete. I don't think there's really any reason to be upset at all with this return, even though the rumors were Landry Shamit could have been part of the return. I'm sure Knicks fans would have been ecstatic with that. But, I mean, a first, two two other picks, and Mo Harkless, like... Yeah. Can't complain with that. For clarification, I believe it's the 2020 first-round pick from the Clippers, yep. a 2021 pick swap with the Clippers first round, and then a 2023 or 2021 second rounder. Just okay. for clarification, but good yeah. to know. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah, just just little things, the, a, a pile of assets, and I think it's something that again the Knicks can work with going forward. This is what you do: you keep getting these assets, and they also got the rights to a Ukrainian point guard, I believe, uh, Yusuf Sanon, who. Apparently, the Wizards rave about, and they have the rights to him, and he'll be there. Uh, he, they said he was going to make the team in the next couple of years. So, uh, again, like, what else are you going to get from Marcus Morris at this point? I really wanted Shamit, I agree, but if the Clippers weren't real willing to pile him in there, then I think this ends up being a pretty solid trade for the Knicks. Yeah, throw out Maurice Harkless. I don't even care. Just stockpile draft picks if I'm a exactly. Knicks fan. That's what I want to see. Getting a 2020 first-round pick for Marcus Morris is a steal. You throw in that second-round draft pick. That's the cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah. I thought this was a great move by the Knicks. I don't know who made this trade. Scott Perry, Leon Rose, the water star. I'm pretty sure it was Perry. because <laughs> it was probably it, Perry. Yeah. But you'd have to think it's Perry. It's though. Perry, yeah. But like with the Knicks, you never know. So yeah, like, it could have been, it could have been, Dol- <laughs> it could have been Dolan for all we know. Yeah, and he he would he wouldn't just say walked into something. So, I yeah. just hope they don't package all these first round draft picks for like Devin Booker and nobody, that's, and then we just become. That's where know. that's <laughs> where we become the, the Suns. That's yeah. where the competent you know analysts, scouts, and stuff come into play. You need people in the organization to say no. This is what we're doing with our assets, and those assets are something that you can eventually, like you were saying 
flip for somebody like a Devin Booker in the future. Obviously, you don't want to flip all of your assets for somebody like that, but this is what you do. You stockpile assets. You use some of those picks to keep getting you know, your stock up, and then eventually you can flip those picks for a star and then maybe get a free agent. This, I think this is how you build in today's NBA. Now, again, you need somebody that's confident enough to realize that. And Harkless is really just a roster salary filler, like he you is. mentioned. He's a solid um, player, but, though. But he can play. I mean, he's a solid. He can great defender. off the bench, yeah. Um, given St. John's product, too. Yes, given right. what the the uh, Pistons got for Andre Drummond, I'm sure the Knicks <laughs> could have gotten him. I am beyond happy that they did not. Yes. I am super happy the Knicks are Andre Drummond free. Yes. That, that's, a, that's a big win for the Knicks. Huge. Anything is a big win for the Knicks when they're not going out and getting players at this point, I feel like, because yeah. everyone they go get ends up being a disaster. Besides Marcus Morris, to be honest. He he was he ended up being a good fit for the Knicks. I mean, he was averaging about 19 points a game. would be interesting to see if they court him after this season. James Dolan actually just put out a statement about the— Okay, here it is. We are actively looking for a new president. He just put this out of the New York Knicks and hope to conclude the search as quickly as possible. I am not selling— but I am determined to find the right leader for the Knicks who will ensure the long-term success of the team, just as we did with the hiring of Rangers president John Davidson. Wait, does that mean so the Leon mean- Rose thing was, didn't I go through? Or? guess not. I mean, this is a statement that he, the Knicks just put out, Knicks PR just put out, So and this is directly from Dolan. So I'm assuming the Leon Rose thing is just, unofficial. Just when I start to think the Knicks <laughs> were on the right track, that, that message just makes everything just all the more murkier. I mean, it's definitely what? still Leon Rose, but this is Dolan, you know, saying we're actively looking and I'm not selling. That's essentially what he said in this. I mean, which it, I think it's hilarious. He said I'm not selling because he knows about those. Ch- he was there for the chance the other day. I mean, Woj tweeted out that Rose is going to the next. Oh, it's happening. I, I, I trust Woj more it's than totally I trust happening. James Dolan. So uh, I'm going to go with Woj and say that Leon Rose is still going to be the next president at some point, whether it's today or a few weeks from now that's going to happen so yes let's go with that we like the marcus morris trade let's move on to the rest of the deadline big trade today and probably the biggest of the deadline d'angelo russell out in golden state he's going to minnesota in exchange for the one and only andrew wiggins a first and second round pick um this was a stunner for me not that d'lo ends up in minnesota but the package that the warriors got back was awfully light for D'Angelo Russell, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, there were, if you looked at the Knicks, like what the Knicks would have had to given up for D'Lo, you're thinking multiple first-round picks, probably one of Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, and maybe another filler in terms of salary, which would the Knicks would never do. Or, you, theoretically, you'd like to think they would never do. This package of Wiggins and a first and a second doesn't even come close to touching that no. for me. Because, because, first off, Andrew Wiggins stinks. That 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 dude is a terrible player. I mean, you 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 see the Draymond Green tweet, uh, excuse me, quotes like years ago, and he talks about the Warriors wanting sixteen game players. Andrew Wiggins is the antithesis of that. <laughs> he is the exact opposite of that. And I guess the Warriors' hope is that you put him with Draymond and Steph and Clay, and that'll whip him into shape. And I actually think that'll be a good role for Wiggins, being able to play off the ball a lot. But like, th- this was a mind-numbing trade for me. I, yeah. I just don't understand this from Golden State side at all. I mean, well, and also the Timberwolves side. I mean, the Timberwolves are 15-35. and 35. They're on a 13-game losing streak. You can look in the long haul and say, oh, this is going to be a great trade for them. But 
their roster right now, as it is, is not good. But at least you understand it. From oh, I their totally understand because it. you you want to keep Carl Anthony Towns at happy. least somewhat happy, and it seemed like for a long time coming that the three of him, D'Lo, and Devin Booker would end up together at some point, and at least this possibly keeps him in Minnesota. But I mean, for Golden State, what what does this do for you? I mean. Like I said, Wiggins is not half the player that D'Angelo Russell is, and I'm not even complimenting D'Angelo yeah. Russell that much. That yeah, just yeah. tells you a lot about Andrew Wiggins right now. And this is a dude averaging 22 points a game, but he he can't play, in, in my opinion. No. And you get a first and second, I guess, but you could have gotten that anywhere for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Pete, this just one, this doesn't add up for me. And listen, if this is the we talked about the agents being hired to run teams. If this is the product of Bob Myers <laughs> making this trade, and, um, I, I get a little concerned about the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, the Wolves needed D'Angelo Russell. They did. The, this Carl yeah. Anthony Town situation was getting worse and worse every day, and we had a this had an opportunity to become an Anthony Davis, a Kyrie Irving, where he was going to push his way out of the team earlier than like anyone has ever done it on his contract. And it was going to be the Timberwolves were going to come away from Jimmy Butler, Wiggins, and Cat with just Wiggins. And it was going to be a, a complete and utter disaster. And to get D'Angelo Russell for that little, I mean, if yeah. you're the Warriors, the Wolves needed this guy. You could have just held out and held out and held out. And they could have, the Wolves probably just would have kept throwing draft picks until, you know, the Warriors were finally like, all right. And then to get a first and a <laughs> second and. Uh, Maple Jordan here is just brutal. <laughs> I mean, Wiggins... What's the vision there? I get maybe that Wiggins fits in with the Warriors. Maybe you think the T-Wolves are a franchise that is in such turmoil that they have had such a terrible effect on his um, production and, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, forgetting better, but, like, on his career for Wiggins that maybe, you know, coming into a Golden State, coming into a team that knows how to win, Steve Kerr under his wing, you know, he'll that'll help out Wiggins' career actually get his full potential. But the contract is still brutal. You could have gotten anyone. If you wanted a forward, just, you know, wait a little bit. I don't know why you make this deal now and not at the NBA draft because yeah. at the NBA draft, teams know what they're looking for. At the NBA draft, more teams have, you know, you're coming out of the playoffs. 31 teams didn't win the championship, and they're looking to mix things up and get a championship team going. And that's when more teams will take a gamble on a guy like D'Angelo Russell to maybe be the final piece. And you could have gotten so much more for him. I just don't understand this trade if you're the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Like, why why not just wait? It, it, like, it's so, like Jackson said, it's just mind-numbing. Like, why... Every single report said yesterday and today that the Timberwolves and the Warriors were so far apart that they couldn't come to an agreement. And then this happens? How far apart could you have been for it to come to this? And then not and then say, okay, this is the package we want to take and not wait until, like you said, the draft. The, war- just, the Warriors must have been desperate. They must be. Like, they must have been really desperate because you're not to make going this an- deal. you're not going anywhere this year, so what's the point of not mm-hmm. waiting to the draft? And... To be fair, the pick is protected. It's a 2021 first that's protected, so it's not this year. It's the following year. So you expect the T-Wolf to at least be in a better situation than they are, and you have to think that they're going to do everything they can to get Devin Booker in there at some point. So at least you understand it from that aspect, and if things don't go awry next year, you at least have some protection on that first-round pick. 
Um, if you're the Warriors and the trade is the sign and trade this summer is Kevin Durant for Andrew Wiggins, a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick, or you can just have Durant's salary off the books. Would you just rather have Durant's salary off the books? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Without a doubt, like yes. I take that in flying colors over having to deal with Andrew Wiggins. And it's contract. not tough to convince people to come and play in San Francisco. How many? Years if you have the Wiggins cap space. Have? How many years does he have left? Too many. <laughs> yeah, that's a good well, answer. A half a year is too many. To yeah. be honest. Um, I, I was I was looking at some tweets and it was funny. Like you would give up a first and a second just to get rid of Andrew Wiggins' contract, let alone get D'Angelo Russell in in return for that. So I thought they would have had to give up at least two first round draft picks to get rid of that contract. Yeah, he's a under lo- contract, and that's at minimum. Twenty twenty three. He's an unrestricted free agent. I mean, Yikes. they gave up D'Angelo Russell for the guy who in the NBA is like the opposite of an asset. I don't even know how <laughs> he's to, the like, worst contract in the league, without a doubt. Is a buyout an option? Like, is is that a possibility? Like, even remotely? Like, I, I mean, mean, they have to come mm, together and... They basically have to the, slash the entire contract. Yeah, I don't know how the but, amnesty deals work anymore because, obviously, with, like, the new CBA the past few Wiggins, years... I mean, I'm joking. There's no way they can buy they can't the buy, contract. They can't there's buy like, it There's, like, that. four years left on that deal. There's Wiggins no is on contract until the end of 2023 where he'll be making $33 million a year. Yeah. Like, if these He's are... He's making, yeah, 30 mil for the next pretty much three years. If these are the type of deals that... A former agent is going to be making. Oh, I get scared about Leon Rose. But oh boy, Leon Rose is different than Bob Myers. Hopefully, at least. And yeah. well, let let's move on because our our, our opinions are pretty clear about the D'Lo trade. Wait and see. Uh, another GM that's confusing me is Daryl Morey in Houston. I mean, oh, man. Th- this was a wild one—a four-team trade. Clint Capella goes to Atlanta. Uh, Robert Covington to Houston. Malik Beasley, Hernan Gomez to Minnesota. Shabazz Napier and I believe another piece plus a first-round pick to Denver in a four-team deal. I don't even know how to judge this trade other than I'm so confused what Houston's doing. And I, I get they want to play small ball, and I get that they love to shoot the three, and Covington certainly does that. But you're talking P.J. Tucker is your only, like, competent, like, is your biggest competent player right yeah. now on the roster because, like, they obviously have a few other pieces they could put at center, but, like, Dude, they're gonna get bullied by the Lakers. Oh, it's gonna like be... they're gonna get bullied by anyone with a competent big like Denver. Like Jokic is gonna bully them. Like Anthony, imagine Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and Javale McGee like having to stop them. Like, <laughs> like they're not gonna be able to stop them. If they play the all. Knicks, I... they're gonna get bullied by Bobby Portis. Yeah, think... <laughs> like it, it's that bad. Like, and they and they traded their other big, which is Jordan Bell, who would like be the only other guy that would play. <laughs> the two I centers think, like... on the roster are Tyson Chandler, who's thirty-seven years old, and Isaiah Hartenstein, who that's the first time I've ever heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I like I can't even tell. Like, I think Timofey Mozgov could put up like thirty and thirty against that team. Oh yeah, easy. And and I know this isn't the league of the big man anymore, but like. No, you seriously need some, like you need some depth. They have nothing. If you're doing one day fantasy, pick up big men against the Rockets. That's exactly. my advice for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Jax. I'm just I'm at a loss for words, honestly. With with it's not Daryl Moore is a weird is a weird. It's one. not He's that really crazy because I mean, if Daryl Moore doesn't win. The championship, he's getting fired. Same with Mark, Mike D'Antoni. Like, this offseason yeah, was too tumultuous, too tumultuous. They have a new owner in Houston, and I, what I've heard is the writing's on the wall. It's championship or bust, and if it's bust, all those guys are out. Yeah, and that's not a bad piece for Atlanta to pick up either. I tell you Very what, I, I, like, I really like this Atlanta team. 
Yeah. I really do going forward. I, I, mean, I have – I at the beginning of the season, I thought, one, they had a fantastic draft and just an overall offseason in general. Obviously, Reddish hasn't panned out yet, but, you know, going forward, it could be a pretty solid pickup for them. I, I didn't – I don't understand exactly why they were trying to trade John Collins, and now I kind of get it because they just got Clapella and they have kind of the money in that spot. But I tell you, I really like Collins as a player, and obviously the suspension kind of put a cloud over his head before the year. But like, mm-hmm. you look at this roster. I mean, Trey Young's awesome, obviously, but like yeah. Collins is a, is a good player. Capella, obviously, we know what he can do. Kevin Herter is my favorite young player in the NBA. Oh, yeah. I freaking love that dude. Red Velvet's my man. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously, being a Maryland fan, there's obvious <laughs> reasons why. But um, also like this trade for Denver, too. I mean, like, they didn't really give up all that much. I mean, Malik Beasley was a nice piece off the bench, and Hernan yeah. Gomez didn't really play all that much. But, like, to get a first-round pick from all of this is pretty impressive for Denver, in my opinion. And, I mean... They add some depth to the bench. I mean, I like Shabazz Napier as a guard coming off the bench. He can kind of fill in, especially with the health concerns over Jamal Murray. So they added another piece there. So I like this trade for Denver. Don't really have much of an opinion on it for Minnesota. Den- yeah, really Denver flipped uh, Shabazz actually for Jordan McRae. Really? Yeah, for the from the Wizards. I, yeah, both right. both guys so are kind of like scoring guards yeah, off so the I, bench. It's, it's, they kind of you know. added the same dimension. Is more a matter of preference there. So and Denver already had so much depth. So you just add more and more, and that's looking like a really dangerous roster going into the playoffs. What are they a three seed right now? I think so. Um, Denver. Yeah, Denver yeah, is my close. pick to go to the. Uh, NBA Finals before the season. I I love them a lot. Yeah, I mean, looking at what they did at Utah last night, pretty shorthanded. I yeah. Mean, first off, Jokic playing forty minutes on his second leg of a back to back and going for 30, 21, and ten was pretty impressive that, in its own right. But. Oh my god, that game winner he hit! He just makes everything look so easy. Like yeah, like he's, he's just he's just like watch this. Oh, that 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 game winner was so cocky. But Hilarious. Freaking loved it. That that little one dribble off the one leg step back. Oh, that that, that was filthy. But he's the man. A- anyways, moving on. Um. Kind of the, I guess the second headlining trade I would say this deadline was the Iguodala and Crowder to yeah. Miami, um, which was quite an interesting trade for sure, especially with all the drama going down in Memphis this week with Dylan Brooks calling out um, Andre Iguodala, saying he can't wait for him to be gone and can't wait to see him play against them so you could see what Memphis is all about. And then John Morant kind of following that up, and then him and Steph Curry going on about this. This league. I, I, I don't know if I'd love this for Miami, per- personally, because, I mean, like, it can't hurt, I don't think, having, obviously, a guy who's won a championship in Andre Iguodala there. Mm-hmm. And I think Jay Crowder kind of fills out the rotation pretty well, especially with what he can do, scoring the ball and defensively. Um, but, I, I don't know, I, I don't have too much of an opinion on this. I don't think this helps them all that much this year, because I think roster-wise, like, they're, the Heat are kind of who they are at this point, and I think the next two years is where we're really going to see the Heat be a competitor in the East. Um, but I, listen, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this either way, and I don't hate it either way necessarily. I'm kind of stuck in the middle on this. Pete, what do you think? Um, I don't really like the trade for the Heat. I mean, I like actually Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill for the Heat. Andre Godawa, uh show me the track record for a 36-year-old player that can just sit out half the season and then come in halfway through and just pick up like nothing's left off. I mean, he was showing signs of like deterioration last year with the Warriors. There was a big shot he hit in the playoffs. I'm forgetting what round that made everyone kind of forget how much his shooting has fallen off. But the guy can't really... Was it in the, was it in the finals in like game one or two against the Raptors? Yeah, he might have hit like a game winner. He, he had like a he had a wide open three to like 
when and everyone he was like Andre Godawa, yeah. that's what yeah. champions do or whatever. Yeah. But uh, you know, good for him hitting a wide open three. I don't know, like, is he bringing in defensively to guard Giannis, like, or Chris Middleton on the Bucks? Like, the dude's old. I don't know if he's gonna. Is he? Are you paying him like fifteen million dollars a year for veteran leadership? Because I'm <laughs> sure you could find that somewhere else literally anywhere else yeah. and just this is a point on the nba and i just don't think a player can like sit out and decide not to play for a team after he gets traded there fairly and just still pick up checks i just find that ridiculous i think he should have to play and you know go do your job go, go make the money andre Godal. if you're getting yeah. like 50 million dollars play some basketball quickly it was it was game two of the finals by the way where Godal hit that shot to yeah that was after they dropped game one kd was out and Warriors went on a crazy run to end that game, and Iguodala just like off a random play was wide open on the left wing, buried a three, to uh to win that game. But moving on, we we got don't have a ton of time to get to two more trades. We got to get to um, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson to the Sixers. Again, like scoring depth, I guess, and the Sixers I, desperately need guards. And yeah, I like the Alec Sixers Burks, need but. guards. I just have a hard time thinking I'm going to look back on this season and be like, "Oh yeah, Alex Burke was the smart trade that turned everything <laughs> around in Philadelphia yeah, and made everything fit." Like, I don't think that's how I'm going to look back at this season. That was a weird one. Uh, I mean, I thought the, the Sixers Warriors, just need players. I thought the Warriors were doing good on that trade because they got like three second rounders, yeah, and so. I was like, "Oh, they're stockpiling draft picks." And then, but boom, then, uh, you know. And then the weirdest one, which is kind of the last trade of the deadline, Andre Drummond to the Cavs for John Henson, a pair of second-round picks as well. I mean, to, to me, the fact that Marcus Morris got more than Andre Drummond, not from a player value standpoint, is interesting because I think I'd actually prefer Marcus Morris to Andre Drummond. But, like, mm-hmm. just from, a, like, an optics standpoint, like, you think of Andre Drummond as, like, a star for the most part, even though I don't think he is. Yeah. And he only gets it's like an all star kind of best rebound. I mean, you could like you could. <laughs> it was just weird, like seeing him only get two second round picks and John Henson, which yeah. I I don't even like ag- disagree with. You could tell me weird. the Cavs traded like John Henson and Brandon Knight for like Scalabissier, and I'd believe you. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it was like Andre Drummond, former All Star, is kind of mind blowing yeah. how much his value has dropped. But I mean, that's the thing with like big centers who can only get rebounds and can't dribble and can't shoot. Like they're not that. They're not worth that much. That's why I don't really yeah. like Clint Capella either. I, that's yeah. I it was bizarre to me to see that, but um, it was kind of a useless trade to me. Like it's like yeah, I see this happens. Like oh, like all right, life moves on. I mean, <laughs> I don't really care. The Pistons, I guess, are embracing a rebuild, which again, you could have waited till the off season to deal Andre Drummond because it seems a little bit panicky to just be like, all right, let's get rid of him at the deadline. I mean, if you're Andre Drummond, it's gotta be sad to like turn on like to, like refresh ESPN.com and see Marcus Morris is like the bigger trade than yeah. you like given the, the way your career was supposed yeah. to go that, like, that was it's that a, was bizarre it's just a really strange deadline that was like the that was like the fourth or fifth biggest trade which tells yeah. you a lot it's about gonna it's gonna be weird Andre like Drummond looking back point. in like 20 years and like someone's gonna be like oh who's that guy who led the league in rebounds for like three straight years last name Drummond and it'll be like <laughs> oh he was kind of you know a nobody oh he was kind of a scrub like yeah. no big deal he, he's not a scrub like he, he can play I mean I, I think my favorite Andre Drummond over the year I was watching a Lakers Pistons game and Andre Drummond was like eight of eight from the line, which was like I I didn't never would have thought those, that would ever those happen. Those Andre Drum and Clint Capella guys are really valuable when they first get drafted and they're making like four million dollars a year. Yes. And then when they get to like twenty million dollars a year, that's when it becomes not worth it for anyone. Mm-hmm. Quickly before we wrap up, um put you guys on the spot here. I'll start with Pete. Biggest winner and biggest loser of the trade deadline. Pete, I'll start with you. Um 
I'll go biggest winner, Wolves. They really had to get someone to make Carl Anthony Towns happy, and hopefully this could keep him in Minnesota a couple years. I found that like kind of hard to believe. Biggest winner, um, biggest loser now. A uh, biggest biggest loser. Um, I feel like it's hard not to say Golden State, but there's a, there's a few contenders. Yeah, out I don't want to say really Golden State just because of. Uh, I'll go the Sixers just because their team seems like it's in such turmoil and they didn't really. I would have liked to see like a big shakeup, like move Al Horford or something, and get uh-huh. like a couple guards that makes more sense on that team, and they didn't do that. Evan, start with you. Go would, for for biggest winner. I would say first I'm going to go with loser. I'm going to say is the Rockets just for me. I okay. mean, you can't lose your best big man and pretty much not get very much in return. I just think it was, a, like you said, like just a weird, weird trade for them. And biggest winner, um, I would probably have to go with the Grizzlies. I mean, I just like what they're doing. Like, I like that they got, you know, what they got for Andre Godala pick and whatever it was, Justice Winslow. That's a solid mm-hmm. pickup. And I think, you know, they're going to continue their youth movement. I think that's just, you know, it's a solid deadline for them. I don't know if they're necessarily the winners, but I think they had a very solid, solid deadline. Okay. And the Wolves, Fair obviously. enough, yeah. Hard to disagree with Minnesota. I, th- I think the T-Wolves kind of maybe saved the future of their franchise by trading for D'Lo, and now that puts them in a good position to maybe go get Devin Booker, which would actually make them a playoff team. And it seems like yeah. Booker would actually want to be there going forward. Um Biggest loser for me is kind of tough because there are a lot of teams that stood pat, but you could also see a lot of teams like going out and signing guys. Like we mentioned, the Lakers didn't do anything. Yeah, they like get Darren Collison and Darren Smith yeah, to like, like get there. And out I, bench. I think Collison would be a great fit there, just to be a guard off the bench that they need. I mean, Rajon Rondo ain't exactly cutting it as a backup point guard. Um, maybe the Celtics for me. I, I feel like the Celtics are in a position where they needed a piece or two, and again, they could definitely sign one, but. I think they had the assets to go out and make a move, and especially with kind of the injury issues they're dealing with. This is a team that I think could make the title out of the East. I mean, obviously the Bucks are clearly number one right now, but um, if, if things go wrong or there's an injury or two in Milwaukee, I could easily see them being that second team that fills in. But that's going to wrap it up for Pick and Pod, um, our trade deadline episode in the books. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. <laughs>